You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Mets reporter, Anthony DeComo. And, Anthony, the draft's coming up uh, towards the end of the week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll get into that a little bit later in the podcast, but it's a doubleheader Tuesday, uh, so plenty of work to be done here for the Mets and Pirates. Um, Let's start there. Uh, We're recording this podcast before game one of this doubleheader. We saw Daniel Murphy return to City Field Big cheer from the Mets, Uh, obviously a guy that was a big part of the run a year ago. Now the Mets are in Pittsburgh, Neil Walker going back to Pittsburgh. And there's another level to Neil Walker in Pittsburgh because here's a guy who grew up in the area, was drafted by the Pirates, came up through the system, played most of his career there, kind of Mr. Pirate for a while. What do you expect the mood to be like when he's introduced tonight? Yeah, you know what's funny about the Daniel Murphy thing was – you know, several aspects. One, like you said, Neil Walker's from Pittsburgh. Murphy was not from New York, obviously. And, and Murphy was also polarizing for a lot of his time there. He wasn't, uh, you know, he had his issues defensively, uh, wasn't always that beloved player that he kind of became in the playoffs last year. Uh, Walker in Pittsburgh was none of that. Uh, he was beloved from day one. He was kind of always beloved. I think uh, no one really blames him for the fact that um, he wasn't able to work out a long-term contract here. I think everyone kind of uh, knows that that was more on the team side, the Pirates side. So, uh, you know, when we see Daniel Murphy getting cheered in New York and then booed the next day when he actually goes out and uh, and hurts the Mets with some home runs, uh, I don't think you're going to see any of that here in Pittsburgh with Neil Walker. I mean, I think they they love this guy. They always have, and they probably always will. Uh, you know, Neil Walker said it himself yesterday. He said, I. I I bled black and gold for a long time, and just because I'm a Met now doesn't mean I still don't. doesn't mean I'm not still a Pittsburgher and won't be for the rest of my life, really. He and his wife bought a home here in the area recently. They spend their winters here. Uh, they probably always will, and uh, I think that goes a long way in a town like this that uh, really loves its sports teams, and uh, for a guy like that who, who meant a lot to the Pirates for a long time, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to change just because circumstances outside of what he could dictate send him elsewhere yeah it'll definitely be a cool scene in pittsburgh when he gets introduced i'm sure they'll do something for him before the game it just got delayed by a day because of the rain out on monday night um anthony this mets team the injuries just i mean piling up uh injury after injury now juan lagaris the sprained left thumb made a great catch on saturday um i guess a partial ligament tear Right now he's not going on the DL, but is that still a possibility? It's a possibility. I think the Mets are going to do everything they can to avoid that possibility. Um, You know, if you look back, it's a tricky injury because it's right there in his thumb. It's a ligament that's partially torn, not all the way torn, and it affects a lot of the things that you can do. It affects how you can grip a bat. It affects how you can squeeze your glove, obviously for a – former gold glove defender like Juan Lagares is very important. Um, but guys have played through it in the past. It's more about pain management than it is about worrying about making the thing worse because ultimately Juan Lagares is probably going to have to have surgery on this at the end of the season. 
get it fixed once and for all. So if he plays through it and winds up tearing the tearing the uh, ligament completely, it, it's really not that big of a deal compared to what he already has. Um, Dustin Pedroia, uh, a few years ago, I believe it was 2013, tore his thumb ligament. Same thing, glove hand, uh, tore it on opening day and wound up playing in 160 games in the regular season. And then the Red Sox obviously went on to win the World Series that year, and he played in every one of those playoff games as well. So it can be done. Uh, for now, it's a matter of taking these next few days, seeing how he feels, how that pain is. Once the swelling goes down, what he's able to do. Can he grip the bat? Can he squeeze the glove? And if he can pass through all those checkpoints uh, from there, then I think he's going to go and he's going to try and play through this thing. Uh, the table is an option. It will always be an option, I think, from now until the end of the season. Um, but for now, I think he and the Mets are pretty hopeful that, that he can play. Interesting that you bring up the Pedroia comparison. Uh, if I remember 2013, Pedroia, you know, the defense continued to be good. What he lost was was the power, although he really hasn't regained that to a degree, so maybe it wasn't the injury. But Ligaris doesn't really have that power anyway, so you would think a guy that, that relies more on, on singles and small ball will be affected even less than, than a Pedroia who used to be a 15-home run guy maybe that, that lost that power in 2013, but he was able to play. It'll be interesting to see how he continues to go about it. Like you said, it's all about that pain tolerance. Um, the injuries have forced the team to make moves. One of those was obviously bringing in James Loney. Uh, do you have any first impressions on Loney? I mean, he kind of is what he is at this point in his career. Very good around the bag at first base, sometimes limited as far as the bat goes. <laughs> That's such a cliche, Tim, but it's the perfect way to put it. He is what he is. And I remember <laughs> texting a scout uh, the day the Mets acquired James Loney, and I said, you know, is there anything in this guy's profile that I don't that I don't already know? And he said, nope, he's the same guy he was last year and the year before and six years before that. Um, he's a really good defender. He's a contact hitter. Um, you know, a big home run early in his Mets tenure aside, he's not going to give you a lot of pop, but he will get on base, and I, he's already shown – all of those things in his Mets tenure, and, and that's fine. You know, the, the Mets weren't looking for a Lucas Duda replacement in that they were looking for someone who is going to be Lucas Duda because at the end of the day, they still hope to have Duda back sooner rather than later. I think it's certainly a possibility that Duda will be back around the All-Star break, um, at which time James Lone is going to find himself more or less out of a job. So uh, they spent essentially nothing to get him. It was a straight cash-for-player deal. Um, and if Loney can give them the type of production he's given them over the first week, if he can do that for the next four or five weeks, I think the Mets will be thrilled with that. It is what it is. Isn't that bad? Yeah, certainly. Um, this team uh, has gotten a lift here from Matt Harvey. I know they lost uh, on Sunday, but but he was Matt Harvey again for the second straight start. Um, the one thing that was lacking, Anthony, was the strikeouts. Uh, he went seven innings, the one earned run on four hits, but just three strikeouts and the loss to Jose Fernandez, who was just better on that game. Um, but any concerns that the strikeouts are down, or, or was Matt Harvey on again like he was the previous start? Yeah, he was pretty on. I think you have to factor in a bunch of things. Um, you know, one, the Marlins are a pretty good hitting team in general. Uh, but two, the velocity was there. He was throwing 90. He was sitting 96. He could get it back up to 98. Um, so earlier in the season when he was getting beat up a little, and one of the big concerns was that fact that he wasn't striking anybody out. Well, yeah, that's a little concerning when he's sitting 93 and reaching back and really firing and 
and and touching 94, 95. That's a, that's a really big difference uh, from where he is now. So you know, one game sample, striking out three as opposed to five or six. Uh, to me, it's not a big deal. I look at those other components that go into Matt Harvey's performance, and he really looks a lot more like the pitcher we all know than the one he showed earlier in the season. Yeah, last two starts, 14 innings, the one earned run, nine strikeouts overall. Good stuff out of Matt Harvey and just in time for this Mets team. All right, the the draft is coming up, Anthony, and, and obviously the Mets – are in a position when they had a great season last year, so you don't get to pick in that top 10. You don't have one of those super high picks, but it's still a chance to add a lot of talent to the organization. Um, and it's it's the first draft for the Mets without Paul D. Podesta. He obviously switched sports going on to the Cleveland Browns. But what does the Mets' philosophy for the draft continue to be here as we approach the draft Thursday? Well, they've, they've always been a best player available type team, as all teams are. Um, you know, when Paul DePodesta came on with Sandy Elvison five years ago, this was a system that had a lot of young pitching. Um, you know, they hadn't yet traded for Noah Syndergaard, but uh, they hadn't yet traded for Zach Wheeler, but Matt Harvey was in the system. Uh, Juris Familia was a very high-profile starting pitching prospect at that time. Um, you know, Jacob DeGrom was in the system, even if he hadn't, even if it wasn't exactly what he would become at that time. So they were pretty well-loaded with that, but the farm system as a whole – was pretty bad because they didn't have any high-impact hitters. And Paul DePodesta wound up concentrating uh, on getting hitters. All five of his top picks when he was here were hitters. Um, obviously, some were more successful than others. Uh, Michael Conforto zooming to the big leagues being the prime example, while other guys like Brandon Nimmo and uh, Gavin Shakini have taken longer routes, and the jury is still out on those guys. Um, but now I think it might be an interesting time for the Mets to pivot back to pitching maybe spend some of those high picks on starting pitching because most of the strength they have in the minor leagues right now is offensively, and they don't have a lot of pitchers coming in to fill in the gaps. Um, you know, Nobody knows what's going to happen long-term with the Mets rotation, who they're going to lock up, uh, who's going to stay healthy, who's going to leave via free agency, who's going to get injured, and so on and so forth. You really can't predict that, so the way you combat it is with depth. It's, it's how the Mets built what they are today. And uh, it's something they're lacking pitching-wise in the minor leagues right now, at least in the upper minor leagues. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, Tommy Tannis, the longtime scouting director, is now sort of quarterback in the draft and playing that role that DiPodesto play, played for so many years. And uh, I'm certainly interested to see if he does pivot a little more towards the pitching side in this year's draft. We'll definitely keep an eye on it. Great stuff. This has been MLB.com Extras Mets Edition. For Anthony DeComo. I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.